Coming up on Harvard Chan This Week in Health, the effects of new restrictions in the United States on refugees and immigrants. It is a denial of what we know to be best about ourselves, that we welcome others and grow together. In this week's episode, we'll take a closer look at President Trump's executive order on immigration and the impact it could have on millions of refugees around the world, as well as immigration policy at home and abroad. Hello and welcome to Harvard Chan This Week in Health. It's Thursday, February 2nd, 2017. I'm Noah Levitt. And I'm Amy Montemuro. This week we'll be examining the impact of President Trump's executive order on immigration. Issued on January 27th, the order blocks citizens from seven predominantly Muslim countries from entering the U.S. for 90 days, suspends admission of all refugees for 120 days, and indefinitely bars refugees from Syria. The order also states that when refugee admissions are resumed, individuals who are of minority religions in their countries and are making claims on the basis of religious persecution will be prioritized. The order is likely to have a substantial impact on the more than 65 million refugees worldwide, including the more than 4 million people who have been forced out of war-torn Syria. We spoke with two experts to understand how this order is likely to affect not just refugees, but immigrants around the world in both the short term and the long term. Jennifer Leaning, I'm the director of the FXB Center for Health and Human Rights at the School of Public Health and at Harvard University. My name is Jacqueline Baba, and I'm a professor of the practice of health and human rights at the Harvard Chan School of Public Health and director of research at the FXB Center for Health and Human Rights. We started by asking each of them to give their initial reaction to President Trump's executive order. Here's Jennifer Leaning. I was horrified. He had said this on his campaign trail. Um, we had thought he would have more sober advisors uh, at the time he was inaugurated. It's clear that we are facing a slew of executive orders that track quite closely with his campaign assertions. Uh, This one is devastating to our international image, violation of our core values, and will create severe hardship for tens of thousands, perhaps millions of people around the world. For Jacqueline Baba, the reaction was also shock. And she is concerned that such complex issues are being addressed in one broad executive order. For someone like myself who's worked in immigration for many years, um, to think that these measures could pass muster legally was extraordinary. So it was it was obvious that this had been drafted by uh, sort of ideological people with very little connection to government or to kind of administrative practice, whatever their political coloring. So it was really, it was quite shocking and, and actually terrifying. <laughs> The executive order is just a week old at this point, but we've already seen the effects around the world. Jennifer Leaning outlined what we've seen in these early days and what we're likely to see in the weeks and months ahead. One practical implication has been borne out in the experience over the last several days at airports, where um, a large number of people have been caught um, mid-Atlantic, mid-Pacific, and arrive with um, detention and potential deportation threats. Uh, Longer term, however, is that we um, will have difficulty interacting with the rest of the world, and there are many levels of that. The first is that a uh, fear has been instilled in not just citizens and people from the seven countries that have these restrictions, uh, but also from people from the Muslim world, that they are no longer welcome in the United States. Uh, This has many repercussions, which I think have been discussed 
um, amply in the news, but it will make it less safe for Americans and U.S. citizens to go overseas. That fear um, among Muslims throughout the world is going to uh, restrict their interest or eagerness in coming to the United States. And we benefit enormously from the talent and knowledge and wisdom and the perspectives that they bring to our nation. And as we mentioned in the beginning of the show, this executive order will hit Syrian refugees particularly hard. More than 4 million people have been forced to flee Syria because of that country's nearly six-year-old civil war. Another 7.5 million people are internally displaced, which means they've been forced from their homes because of the conflict but haven't left Syria. Leaning says that shutting the door indefinitely to these refugees is a severe blow. Many of them are in refugee camps in, in the host countries in the region, that is Jordan, Turkey, Lebanon, some in Iraq, some in Egypt. And those countries are terribly overburdened by the refugees. Um, they are low in food. They can't get their kids in school. Work options are very limited. This situation has applied to some of them for over six years. And what we're facing is a destitute and desperate population that is yearning for a better life. And the potential contributions they could make to our country are myriad. And the fact that we are going against our treaty obligations to consider refugees from elsewhere, uh, in my view, is um, a grave violation of our international commitments um, and the reputation of the United States. Leaning says that there are many unknowns going forward, which could affect the plight of refugees. That includes whether a tenuous ceasefire in Syria will hold. What is known is that refugees scattered in camps across Europe are facing bleak conditions. Baba highlighted one example in a recent blog post that she wrote, that a prolonged cold stretch in Europe has killed several people. The, the blog that we just wrote about the um, situation in Greece um, is just one example, but you know, the cold weather in Greece has just compounded a dire situation. There are about 60,000 people trapped in Greece who don't want to be there, but there's nowhere else for them to go. And the Greek government um, you know, is actually enormously overburdened and really struggling to provide any sort of basic care. And humanitarian organizations, in a way, are also very compromised by the current situation. Greek government has actually detained so many of these migrants, including children, in situations which are completely in violation of international law. And so humanitarian organizations don't want to have any part of that. Um, so I think this just adds to that sense of entrapment. Um, that's Greece, and you know the same is going to be true of populations in in Italy who are also you know the southern Mediterranean kind of arrivals from Libya. I think for those who are in camps who've been waiting patiently you know to be relocated from extremely overcrowded and harsh situations in neighboring countries, this is just an extraordinary uh, an extraordinary change of, of fortune and, and, you know, people have been saying my life is over and I can understand that sentiment completely because, um, I mean, how can the U.S. have any authority to inc inc to suggest that any other country should increase its resettlement or relocation programs? And, of course, the U.S. government is not going to do anything of the sort. So it means really that, that you know, you're, you're left to suffer. It's not our business. It's, um, you know, we're just concerned about our own self-interest. Leaning agrees, pointing out that it may take years before we know the full effect of the executive order on refugees. 
we are going to see um, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, who've had their education interrupted, who now have dashed hopes for the future, who can't find work, um, at risk of choosing other less wise and less productive options. You can't keep people trapped and now humiliated uh, for this long without there being reactions from them. And Leaning is also concerned about the ripple effects, not just for refugees or immigrants living abroad, but for people of color in the United States. She says that in recent months, there's been a rise in hate speech, insults and attacks against not just Muslims, but other immigrants here in the U.S. The concern that we have um, at the center and I think at the university is that the uh, stability and safety of people in this country, and here I'm speaking more generally of people of color, uh, whose status as U.S. citizens going back three generations, or whose status as a green card holder, or who are here on a number of um, secure and important visas, uh, will not um, be distinguished um, by angry people who have basically felt that with President Trump's action, there is permission for them to speak, hate, and act uh, violently against um, those whom they identify as the other. This is a very, very dangerous possibility. We see some of this occurring in reality, and I think all institutions and people of goodwill need to be taking measures to combat that tendency and to educate people who uh, are feeling so hostile towards these others who are now ours within our midst. So both Jennifer Leaning and Jacqueline Baba have outlined the potential effects of President Trump's executive order on immigration. And before we wrapped up our conversations with them, we asked them each to give their strongest argument against the executive order. You'll hear Jacqueline Baba first and then Jennifer Leaning. I'd say two things. Firstly, I would say it's a violation of fundamental principles of the U.S. Constitution, which he just swore to uphold, including prohibition on discrimination. So if you ban seven countries, all of whom are Muslim and none of whom have generated a a terrorist who's actually killed anybody in the U.S., um, it's hard to see how you aren't completely violating that constitutional provision. So for for a president to explicitly introduce exe- an executive order that violates the founding document of, of his country would seem to be grossly unethical. But I would say, secondly, um, as a basis for starting an administration and for building what he wants to be a great America, this is a, a, a very, very... Uh, problematic strategy because what it does is it shows weakness, it shows insecurity, it shows fear, it shows uh, a very narrow nativist limited approach to a complex global world. So I would say that it's, um, it's a testament of weakness, not a testament of strength. And if you want to portray strength and build your your capacity to create economic wealth, um, including for your own citizens, the last thing you want to do is to isolate yourself from potential um, uh, p- partners and clients and customers and, 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 and global collaborators, which is exactly what these orders do. So I would say both from the legal point of view and from the economic and political point of view, this, this set of um, executive orders have been a disaster. I would say to President Trump that everyone 
in the United States, physically in the United States, is an immigrant except, from, except for Native Americans who centuries ago probably migrated here. Uh, but from the standpoint of the constitutional existence of the United States of America, uh, everyone is an immigrant, either voluntarily or forced migration from economic circumstances or hauled out of Africa totally against their will. We're all immigrants. And uh, President Trump knows this in terms of his own background. He comes from recent immigrants. Uh, you ask anyone at Harvard in classes, and I've done this in sort of a, a gentle and prepared way to make the point I'm making, that we are all immigrants, I will say, um, how many students here, class of 25, 30, have had all grandparents born in the United States of America? And in, in all cases, only out of a class of 25 or 30, do I have more than one or two or three? I don't. Only one or two or three people will raise their hands for all four grandparents. So this is a part of our history. It's part of our ethos. And it's part of what makes us such a vigorous and essentially optimistic and accomplished country. It's what makes us so unusual in all parts of the world. Uh, we speak of the new world and the old world. Much of that is based on the people who came. We are new. We're a, we're a young country still. Um, it is a fundamental violation uh, and misunderstanding of what this country is about to say suddenly, uh, without proper process uh, through Congress and the agencies, that we are going to close our doors so selectively, so abruptly, and in such um, inadequate information base uh, to those that are most desperate to come and contribute to us. It is an abomination on the American image and vision, and it is a um, deep negation, negation of what we stand for in the world. And I guess I would say most fundamentally, it is a denial of what we know to be best about ourselves, that we welcome others and grow together. That was Jennifer Leaning and Jacqueline Baba on President Trump's executive order on immigration. We'll be continuing this conversation with them on Facebook Live on Monday, February 6th at 1 p.m. If you'd like to ask them a question about the global refugee and migrant crisis, just visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Harvard Public Health. We'll also have more information about the Facebook Live Q&A on our website at hsph.me slash thisweekinhealth. And that is all for this week's episode. I'm Noah Levitt. And I'm Amy Monomiro. A reminder that you can always listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. 